0: And welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we dive into movies, TV shows, and anything else pop culture. My name is Ivan, and I'm joined today by my co-host and Comic Sans advocate, Emmett. Hello. Yes, we are a proud union of
1: Comic Sans folks. We also believe that the official size should be size 13 font. Uh, It seems to be the best, the most friendly for uh, high school papers.
0: I respectfully have to disagree. I'm more of a Calibri person. Size, font, maybe like 11, 11 and a half. Okay, well, you're a default setting then.
1: <laughs> so.
0: Calibri is not default setting. Calibri Bold is
1: default <laughs> setting. <laughs> the light version then, okay.
0: Is it a little sad that I, know, <laughs> that I know this? Yeah, you pay too much time paying attention to that. <sighs> All right, well, I spent too so much time on Microsoft
1: Word what are we uh what are we talking today oh yeah that's right (laughs) so um, as you can infer by the title of the episode but what are we talking
0: we're talking black widow oh okay let me get my notes out (laughs) yeah go dig in your notes from like um everything that we've been kind of piling up in terms of our (laughs) our expectations from two years ago we finally got the movie that's been promised forever (laughs) we're here let's um Let's get
1: into it. Let's talk box office, because this was one thing that we were kind of trying to uh, take a guess at in our Loki episodes during the news segments. And I think it's pretty surprising of a number.
0: Yeah, I think it kind of went almost exactly how you said it was going to go, because you, you said that, if anything, this was going to be the movie to bring people back into the theaters. And I think pre prior to this, we had a $70 million opening domestic for... Uh, Fast and Furious Nine
1: last week, the week before, right? So that's fairly close in the timeline. If you're looking at something in like April, those were only pulling in like forty million, or
0: June even. Yeah, but it's it's surprising to me because like, I, I guess what what is eighty million dollars from uh, ticket sales domestically for Black Widow opening weekend? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so total numbers, eighty million.
1: Domestic sales in theaters: 60 million for Disney Plus, 78 million for international.
0: That is insane.
1: <laughs> that, that, that's like a lot. It's when you consider the pandemic situation. It's a good amount for even if there wasn't a pandemic, like two years ago. Those are pretty solid opening weekend numbers.
0: Well, the they probably the probably be up closer to a hundred, but well, it technically did surpass it. The thing we were kind of talking about right before we launched uh, our recording here is the i was i'm reading up this article and they're kind of giving away what the actual domestic um, impact is because it's 80 million dollars from ticket sales the 60 million dollar from disney plus is apparently also inclusive of international uh disney plus early access uh fees so that's the 30 dollars that people would pay if you're going to watch it on disney plus so it sounds like about $20 million of that $60 million came from the uh, domestic side of things because they cite that a little over $100 million is the total domestic uh, intake of this. Um, and for anybody just kind of curious for, for whatever reason, <laughs> um, Disney actually gets to keep 100% of that revenue from Disney+, Plus, obviously. But for ticket sales, I think typically they take about 60% of that money. Uh, and then the rest of it is stays with the theaters and other partners that they uh, share that with. But uh, That's pretty significant. A $60 million debut for Disney+. Plus. I, I don't think we ever got the numbers for Mulan. So having them, Disney, actively come out and say, this is how much we won, it shows that they're pretty happy with the result.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely speaks volumes to how successful a movie can be, even without the theater. This definitely is what it tells me is that people are ready to go back to th- back to movies. Um, the the thing that I'm interested in is what's it going to be next weekend? Because I feel like that theater number, it always comes down. But by how much is it going to come down? Like if it comes down like 50%, you're still getting really strong showing 40 million for the second weekend. But I'm kind of worried that because people then own it on Disney Plus and it's not like a limited time rental or something like that, I feel like people
0: are just gonna f- share it with their friends, right? Yes, I mean, speaking for myself, I'm definitely gonna go to the theater this weekend to watch it, just because I missed out on it uh, this weekend. But yeah, so
1: so we you didn't go to theaters, you watched it on
0: Disney Plus, right? I did, yeah, and I the the one thing I'll say is after because I saw this with uh with my brother, and my sister in law, and my sister uh, over the weekend, and. We were all kind of in agreement that like it was great to experience it at home, but at the same time, given the scale of the movie, uh, we definitely want to catch it in theaters at some point. So I wonder how much of that's happening across the board, because I, I have spoken to friends that want to go see it, uh, but they're, they're obviously a little bit apprehensive about going out just yet. Uh, that being said, I feel like if anybody's watched this on the small screen and they are big Marvel fans, I think they're going to be... Adamant about seeing it at least once. So,
1: I think you bring up a good point there. I think it is possible that these numbers are, might even just flip because I'm in the opposite camp. I went to theaters, and I got to experience it on the big screen. and I totally agree. The action in this movie is so massive that, like, you kind of have to give tribute to watching it either in 3D or IMAX or whatever. But I want to see it again just to see all those like my normal rewatch phase, right, where I get to see like all the facial expressions at moments that were important uh, for the plot, but I'll probably just buy it on Disney plus if I'm going to see it again. So it might even be where it kind of flat numbers, but just flipped.
0: I, I feel like it's going to have legs, like in terms of like lasting, a little bit of a lasting box office here. Cause what was the, I was just looking at these numbers for fast nine. And I think on the second and third weekend, I dropped about 70% week over week. But I feel like the movie, whether a movie has, uh, you know, lasting quote unquote legs or not, I think it has a lot to do with word of mouth. Um, At least from what I've seen, I feel like a positive word of mouth typically results in more people going to go spend their money um, at the theater. And so Fast 9 didn't have all that positive word of mouth, Uh, whereas Black Widow, I'm seeing a lot more positivity come out of that. I mean, those audience scores are pretty high, too.
1: Yeah, I don't know if word of mouth really matters as much for Marvel. I feel like it's become so big that um, people are like, I'm a Marvel fan or I'm not. And they're either going to go because they want to or because their friend's going. I, I think a lot of people are kind of... I mean, Marvel touches almost every single person whether or every single family, whether it's because the
0: entire family's a fan or like several members of the family are. Speaking of family, they should do a crossover between Fast Nine. I mean, uh, Fast and Furious and The Avengers at this point, because like, damn, I didn't realize nine movies of that franchise already. But like, I don't know. That seems like a mo- like a, a
1: franchise that has always been on its way out, and they just keep milking it for another movie. It's not like it's planned out, right? Like Marvel is.
0: Yeah, no, I I feel like those are kind of like one-offs or like reactions to intake of the box office like so if one's successful then they'll plan out another one but it's definitely not as thought out as as marvel is
1: yeah so let's uh keep an eye on the numbers and see how it does in its second week but for now let's get into spoiler free general thoughts on the movie and as well as a uh recommend don't recommend section all right so spoiler free do you want to kick things off or should i uh you go ahead first all right so i'm gonna you know caveat mine and just say that it's really good to be back in theater seeing it i'm going to try and remove any bias that that might create in a review uh but i think this is just like this is an exciting uh exclamation point on black widow's career in the mcu and i think it's a really good uh footnote into that mcu as well it's a time it's a part of the timeline that wasn't that was kind of like skipped over and just like talked about briefly um, if you can't figure it out from the trailer i won't spoil that at all for you but it's a part that kind of was just skipped over and i i love exploring those little like gaps in knowledge i thoroughly enjoyed the action and i thought they knocked it out of the park with the humor i thought this was a really funny movie and that's something that marvel doesn't really try that often and it's kind of only succeeded once in my opinion with ragnarok so at the end of the day i would 100% recommend go going to see it especially if you're like an og marvel fan this feels like a really good conclusion to phase three um as well as all the phases before it so if you're not like in love with growing with marvel into phase four this still feels like that vibe of the originals uh just for me though i feel like what are we at now like 24 movies for marvel I'm putting this right in the middle of the pack. I think it's right around like 12, 13, uh, maybe 14 uh, of the pack. So it's not. It's really tough to crack into the top 10 of Marvel movies, but it, it's certainly not a bottom five or 10.
0: Yeah, I I, I gotta echo a couple of the, a couple of your points there. I feel like this was a solid mid-tier entry uh, into the MCU one thing i'll say is i feel like there's a lot there's a big cast of characters that we get introduced to in this movie that i want to see more of in the future i want i hope that we don't just kind of like end the black widow side of the mcu and just like you know have them be just playing on supporting characters here on out uh i do think that the movie itself was pretty good i have a couple of like nitpicks on it but i feel like overall it is a fun ride i definitely do want to go see it in theaters like i mentioned before i actually watched it on disney plus uh but i want that theater experience there's a lot of high action sequences on this uh some of the cgi to me felt a little bit kind of rough but uh aside from like little technical nitpicks like that i don't really have a lot to kind of criticize on i do have one big thing but we can talk about that later on um but overall, I thought it was fun. It was a good way to kind of segue us back into the movie theaters. Um, like you said, I, I feel like we we de- I, I've missed like having an actual Marvel movie to look out for. Um, on that note, though, I will say that from like a narrative standpoint and all that, I maybe have gotten a little spoiled by the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Um, because obviously, I feel like w- when it comes to story... There are certain elements in here that I feel are a little bit rushed, but uh, it's still it's still a good ride. Yeah, well, that
1: might be unfair because those shows are six hours long, and this is a two to two-and-a-half-hour movie, so it's really difficult to give the, like enough service to each character. Some parts have to be rushed, so it's, it's hard to flip that switch back from what we've been in for the past six months of watching shows that are really taking their time to develop their plots versus a movie that has to do it quickly i i will say though that the the one thing going against this movie is you alluded to it before it's been delayed for like a year and a half so it gives it a lot of time to be overshadowed by the tv series or to kind of be forgotten about um or in some other cases to be hyped up even more where it's like They've had so much time this is going to be great and then it's really difficult to be to live up to everyone's expectations uh in that regard
0: it is and i feel like it does a pretty good job of balancing a lot of that kind of expectation i feel like my criticism of it in terms of points or the reason why i kind of say maybe narratively it's not quite as good as some of the marvel shows it's not so much the length of of time it's more so like the character choices I feel like this movie was so full of action that sometimes we'd have really good character moments and I'm like we I wish it could have just gotten like one or two minutes to kind of let it let the the emotion kind of simmer on the scene whereas this movie's like the beats are really really fast uh so we don't really get a lot of time to uh I guess to stick around with some of these characters um when they're having some of their moments so that's a fair critique. I,
1: I would agree with that, too. Um, it almost felt like they are trying to overcompensate for, uh, you know, objectively uh, Black Widow's not as strong as like an Iron Man or a Captain America or a Thor because of their superhuman powers. So I think they might have been like trying to overcompensate with like, let's go bigger and badder with our explosions and our fights um, in a way to make it keep up
0: with the other movies. She does seem superhuman in this movie. (laughs) The amount of, like, falls she takes. (laughs) Halfway through this movie, I'm like, ah, damn, like, her bones must be, like, jelly at this
1: point. I was like, oh my god, she's gonna die in this one scene. And then she just bounces back up. I was like, wait, what happened now? (laughs) Yeah, some of that I was just like, alright, we're
0: stretching it out a little bit here.
1: (laughs) But I can tell we're uh, we're both chomping at the bits to get into a little spoiler stuff. So, uh, if you haven't seen it, you still plan to... Definitely, we both recommend it. Um, and I think we both re- would recommend going to theaters as well. So uh, try being in that crowd. I think, my, I mean, I went in a matinee showing uh, on a Saturday, and it was pretty empty. So I think there's probably a time where you can figure out that if you're worried about like, the COVID situation and sitting near people, I think you should be pretty good at being able to find an option especially since there's not a lot of movies out so a lot of theaters are putting this in multiple of their uh, auditoriums
0: and they do seem to be going out of the way to making sure that people are feeling safe and comfortable there because at least in in, in my area it seems like the theaters are being cleaned like excessively yeah and then if worse comes to worse it's on disney plus like the 30 dollars is totally worth the price tag there
1: true and i'm pretty sure we both have paid that or will pay that um as well as movie tickets, so re- we recommend it, but if you haven't seen it and you don't want anything spoiled for you, throw us on pause, come back after you get to watch it. Otherwise, we're going to get into it now. So Mephisto, I can't believe. <laughs> <laughs> and Wolverine, are you kidding me? God, in bu- in the same scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we usually title this section Scenes, Character, Plot Discussions, uh, which works out pretty well when we're doing a short episode on like Loki or something like that. So we're not going to get into every single scene. So there's going to be a lot omitted here. But is there anything that you want to start with in particular?
0: Yeah, I just want to quickly point out, I think this is our first movie review
1: <laughs> for
0: a long uh, time.
1: I mean, like Wonder Woman 84 was like the last one, I think we or maybe Justice League.
0: It's, it's been so long that I'm like, all right, is this the first time we're tackling it? But this know. is the first one from like theater timing. It, yeah, that, that, that's true. That's true. Um you know what this movie um i feel like does a, and i mentioned this in my spoiler free thoughts but there's a lot of supporting characters in this movie that get introduced that i think are it's cast really well
1: there's yes. nobody
0: in this movie that i can point to and i'm like oh that character annoyed me or this character felt like they had no purpose at all to kind of serve the story except for ross um oh yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy do Does he have like <laughs> jurisdiction everywhere <laughs> He he is everywhere. He's like a cancer in the MCU. <laughs> um, but no, he so th- there's a lot. Uh, primarily, we, we're talking Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova. Mm-hmm. We have Rachel Weiss as Melina. We have uh, David Harbour as Alexi, um, <laughs> slash Red Guardian. Yeah, he was my favorite. He 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 is. What is it with him and like the Russia connection? Because his character on Stranger Things, I think, is also in Russia or something. Oh, is
1: he in Stranger Things?
0: <laughs> maybe i should that a try you should you should give it a watch um <laughs> i don't know about you but I'll, I'll start off with this because i feel like before we get to scarjo because i feel like we we should give her 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 space on this right but uh for me florence Pugh kind of stole the show for me and a lot of the scenes that she was in yeah she was a really powerful actress in this movie she was cast so well that sometimes there were a couple scenes um particularly in, like, the the, the Budapest... uh, Budapest? uh, Budapest. (laughs) The Budapest sequences, uh, where I kind of felt like there were instances where I thought, like, uh, ScarJo was kind of outshined by by Florence Pugh. Which is tough to
1: say, because ScarJo really brought her A-game on all of her, like, dialogue scenes. Yeah. Uh, She was really killing the script there. But, yeah, Florence Pugh was, like... Could work like bring up the waterworks on cue, and I thought she was
0: like Oscar worthy for like supporting actress in this. She was, and I I know like I've seen some of her other stuff, so she's definitely a high caliber actress. I feel like this is the best performance that I've seen out of Scarlett Johansson for uh, Black Widow. Mind you, we barely really got to scratch the surface with her character, as is kind of showcased here, right? But yeah but i do feel like i'm I'm glad that they finally gave her, her her own movie and her own time to me this movie feels like it should have happened maybe six years ago uh only because like w- people were asking for this movie for a long time and i guess it kind of fell on deaf ears here but well that's the thing and also for people who haven't seen it that are
1: still listening for whatever reason that want the spoilers this is this takes place between Civil War, where she kind of becomes like an outlaw because she broke the laws. And uh, the start of Infinity War, where she helps get the band back together because the Avengers broke up. So this is like, what did she do for two years while on the run? And she basically is like reuniting with her family. Uh, Not her biological family, but her uh, like Soviet family that was put into... America to bring it down,
0: right? Uh yeah, pretty much like a spy kind of family. That opening though, I was of confused. Season. I was like, am I in the wrong theater? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a few minutes I was like, wait a minute, Ohio? No, she's from
1: Russia. <laughs> yeah, but I liked I liked that opening where we get a young her and uh you know, the younger family and it feels like it is they are a family. They've been doing it forever, obviously. But they had only been doing it for like three years. But you can see what an impact that left on them throughout the movie. Especially being young. It's like, that's your happiest memory you had. Even if it was a fake one. It's like, this is still all I have, e- have ever had. And that's really hard to... Um, I think that's probably really hard to act out. But Florence really killed it in that role. Where she's able to bring up those emotions... As an adult.
0: Definitely. And I the the other thing about this, um, especially the opening sequences, I was a little surprised and kind of taken aback that Marvel went there with the child trafficking angle of things. Because I think Marvel's allowed to. I don't think Disney is. <laughs> well they, they well they went there. You know, they, they they took it they took it there, and while it definitely is like a um, an element of the Black Widow character—it always felt to me like they were kind of just purposefully dodging Black Widow's backstory because they didn't quite know how to handle it. Um, and that opening sequence, and throughout the rest of the movie, it like obviously you're, the implications of trafficking are kind of like uh, kind of spelled out for you. But uh, it, 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 I thought it was powerful. Um, the child actresses that played uh, both Black, young Black Widow and um, Yelena I think they did a really good job with what they were given. and it the opening sequence left an impact for me because it kind of I was kind of like torn with the fact of like, is Alexei and Melina, like are they good people at heart, or are they just are they just as bad for going in like willingly going through the system? you know? but yeah, i I loved Alexi as a yeah. character because he's
1: so much more complicated than face value. Like he was supposed to be as the super soldier for Russia and be the captain America, but for them. And then he was just put into these like desk jockey type jobs, like roles where he's just going undercover and not really doing much. And then he's just shipped off to prison, which kind of felt like um, Isaiah Bradley's story in Falcon winter soldier, where it's like the country that you think you're serving is just turns on you uh and then it he goes to where he's like yeah that family was kind of all i ever really had or or was much more important to me than i recognized at the time
0: yeah you had a a definite kind of like evolution of of him i think him more so than melina because melina was a little bit more like harder to kind of read in the in, in the scenes after when they meet her up in her at her loft i guess or what do you call it her cabin
1: yeah, I think they intentionally made her more mysterious because you have to keep guessing at who the real villain is here. So it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, it's nice to see that she ended up on the right side. Um, otherwise, if you like make her too obviously good, then it's like it's not as fun to watch.
0: There's so much in this movie that I feel like gets addressed because if you're a hardcore Marvel fan, especially like a hardcore MCU fan. There's a lot of elements in this movie that got that have been easter egged elsewhere, right? Like we finally got to look at what the Budapest um, mission was all about. Um, we we what was got the mission though. I feel like I didn't. I missed that. So from from my takeaway was just it like was the, the yeah the execution of um of Drakov. Okay. Failed execution, I guess, at this stage. Right. Okay. Then I guess I didn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> but we we have we have that um if anybody recalls when black widow's interrogating loki in Avengers, yeah. uh drakov's daughter is one of the things he brings up to her first thing yeah so like it just like what seemed like random little kind of throwaway lines before uh get filled out here and i always like that Not necessarily because I want to make, like, a big thing out of of a small detail, but it's always so fun to kind of, like, build up a world like that. Um,
1: Yeah, it's definitely, like, Breaking Bad-esque, where it's, like, a small detail now will be
0: a major plot point or something to explore later on. And Marvel's done that so well. Yeah. Like, we look back at, like, the Ten Rings, we're going to get the exploration of that group now in Shang-Chi. Um, and over here, like something like Dracov's daughter referenced uh, back in Avengers, not really a comic book tie-in, not nothing really like there to kind of inference. It was just kind of like a throwaway line. And so to build something off of it for this movie uh, was kind of like the payoff is kind of well deserved. Um, but there were other like there's there's other elements here, too. And I kind of wish we could we would have gotten some sort of like Hawkeye. Um, inclusion maybe via flashback just because he's referenced so heavily (laughs) uh, throughout the movie. I think they just needed to set it up that
1: uh, Black Widow doesn't play him up as a major friend, otherwise that end credit scene wouldn't make as much sense. Right. Um, Like Yelena would be more on his side than what Val wants him to do. But uh, before we get ahead to that stuff, I think in addition to those little easter eggs that they set up before, one that stuck out to me in this movie was exploring the um, like the hysterectomy that the Red Room forces upon these girls. Because they talk about it in Age of Ultron between uh, Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo. And it definitely is like a sad moment in that movie. But it gets overshadowed so quickly that you kind of like move on and forget about it. Whereas this one explores it a little bit better, like how could you have let that? Like you knew this was coming. Like how could you have let them take us? Type of thing,
0: right? And it's it's a heavy backstory, especially like maybe the heaviest out of all the Avengers, right? Because like I feel like everybody else kind of had it okay. Well, we don't know Hawkeye's backstory, but um, his is privileged. (laughs) It seems that way. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like there were so many things in in this. In this movie that reference back to some of the old lore and we just kind of get it more fleshed out because yeah age of ultron was when we started to kind of touch on natasha's backstory but it just seemed like it kind of shied away or just didn't really quite know how to work it in more than that
1: well yeah and it's so hard for her to get any screen time in those movies in any of the avengers movies because like i said before her action just gets outshadowed by the allure of like a demigod or Tony Stark flying around in an iron suit like obviously the fans are gonna draw towards that so it's like well they're gonna put more time towards those characters uh I I don't think it's rightfully so but they built the the entire franchise around those three which culminated into Endgame which is totally fine of one direction to go but I'm so happy that they we finally got this movie because we get to explore her as the action hero as opposed to just being like the other person on the team
0: right um it was kind of like a culmination to kind of see her finally get her her do justice here because i feel like give her her flowers you know yeah give, <laughs> give her her gold medal um no but like i think especially from like iron man 2 and maybe even through avengers i feel like a lot of times her role was often diminished to like this almost like eye candy kind of purpose um yeah and they find like <laughs> <You think>? yeah <laughs> that, that's that's flat out what it was for the first couple of years so i know like especially Honestly, when the though, brothers... there was a lot of that in this movie there was but i feel like
1: there's there a like bit five of butt
0: there. shots before the half hour mark <laughs> there was there was but it, it's less of a focus here than it was like go back to iron man 2 and that's basically most of the shots that I they gave know. her if it's
1: less i mean like she was in less scenes so maybe percentage wise like more of her scenes in iron man 2 were eye candy scenes but it seems like they just kept repeating it and they also gave her like super tight fitting uniforms when uh like melina the mom or yelena had like baggier clothes and weren't as sexualized she's just more comfy in them (laughs) okay (laughs) If that's what you need to tell yourself,
0: Ivan. Correct. Right. <laughs> no, I I didn't feel it quite as overt as I did in some of the other movies. The one thing I'll say though is like I feel like the I still think the people who treated her the best have been the Russo brothers in their movies. Like I feel like you still had some of that, but it wasn't like there was more of a focus to fleshing her character out. Like I felt like Black Widow as a character didn't quite interest me enough until we finally got to kind of get to know her a little bit better in winter soldier like i thought she was one of the standouts
1: in that well yeah what, what do you mean by their movies because aren't they behind everything so
0: the russo like, brothers
1: yeah they're the executive producer or whatever role on everything
0: no that's you think of kevin feige oh yeah no the, no, the russo the brothers <laughs> they're not triplets um no they they directed the captain america movies from winter soldier and on and then they also did the avengers movies after so they did infinity war and they did endgame okay yeah but i feel like they, out of everybody who's touched the marvel franchise at this point i feel like they've had the best handle on all the characters and uh than the other directors that have had it
1: yeah i'm an on-screen talent guy i don't really care who is working behind the scenes
0: you'll notice when it's bad behind the scenes when the story is bad i feel like that's kind of where yeah like last jedi yeah (laughs) we really Uh, need to do a whole last jedi (laughs) conversation just a
1: bash session i'm down for that yeah but yeah i think to put a period on this portion of it the discussion i i totally agree i think the supporting cast really pulled through for scarjo to make this better and even at times stole the told show or the scene uh flipping on to maybe the adversary of the movie what are your thoughts on taskmaster
0: um <laughs> <have enough> <laughs> how much time do we have <laughs> uh, taskmaster is the one thing for me that um didn't work yeah uh, and it's it's it like I'll, I'll I'll say this because I feel like this is where the movie kind of lost me as a fan in some way because anybody who's like familiar with uh with the comic verse uh Taskmaster is a pretty pretty well-known character uh and by that I mean he's like a, a constantly like a, a villain for the Avengers he's pretty well known to go after like Black Widow Captain he's a Captain America villain I think primarily but he's like I wouldn't call him like an A-lister but he's a significant B-lister it's kind of like uh, if we're talking heroes here, it's kind of like taking a like a Black Widow and kind of changing her up a bit. So, uh, I guess you know, to kind of cut ahead here, they they did not follow <laughs> the uh, comic book lore for for Taskmaster at all, which. I guess I kind of should have expected that because we didn't get. There was almost like this mystery behind him in the promo material, right? Like nobody. There wasn't any like face reveal or anything like that. And it just didn't make any sense for me uh, to knowing the backstory of the characters. Like there's not really much to him in terms of like something to keep a secret. Uh, But yeah, I feel like as a character, he felt kind of butchered in a way in favor of Drakov, which I kind of get the twist. Um, so for anybody, kind of, I guess we could kind of get into this, right? Um, the the twist of the movie is that the biggest, uh, I guess, sin that Black Widow's is kind of carrying around with her is letting Drakov's daughter die, and basically kind of using her as confirmation that he was in the Budapest headquarters uh, for for the uh, for his organization. So once she was in the building, she confirms with uh, Hawkeye that. Uh, the daughter is in the building, so Drakov must be in there, and so S.H.I.E.L.D. ends up bombing the headquarters, and she thinks that, you know, presumably it, it kills Drakov along with the daughter. Uh, the plot twist of the movie is that surprise, she's not dead, she's actually Taskmaster. Um, and they've implanted her with a similar um, programming that they've done to these other new generation Black Widows, and she's been past master the whole time. So she's like this killer Assassin, the ultimate assassin for uh, for them. So shock-wise, I guess it kind of worked. But as somebody that was looking forward to seeing a comic accurate Taskmaster on the screen, I was very disappointed. Yeah, I enjoyed the
1: that shock value because I wasn't really trying to predict who Taskmaster was throughout the movie. i was with another friend who said that. Yeah, I saw that coming because they've only introduced one other character. So. I probably should have noticed it, but I also wasn't, like, trying to dissect it. So I enjoyed that bit of the twist. I didn't mind that it wasn't, like, a character that we had already known from past movies or anything like that. Um, But, yeah, I just felt like from the promo material, I thought this was going to be bigger, better fights. But it was kind of (laughs) like the really bad movie Battleship when the aliens, (laughs) like, detect threat versus non-threat, it was like that. And I was like, oh, this is kind of beneath them. Like, I get that she's like a programmed cyborg fighter, but I was really looking forward to how they played up. Like, oh, all she has to do is view someone's fighting style and then she can mimic them and then it become like unbeatable. And we only got like a little bit of that on the bridge fight towards the beginning of the movie and I was like oh they're already using that but I guess this is a spy thriller of like as spy thriller of a movie as Marvel's gonna get so in like James Bond fashion esque I guess you have to like kind of promote one bad guy and that's not really the top bad guy there's always someone working behind him which is Drakov. so I'm not like super upset because I'm not heavily into the comics, so I don't really mind any freedoms they took with designing the character. I was just hoping for like a bigger, better fight out of the out of the match up there.
0: Yeah, that's part of my disappointment too, because I feel like Drakov as a villain kind of falls into that template, and t- I guess Taskmaster to to an extent as well. But they fall into this trend of like Marvel doesn't seem to get villains right all that time like the heroes are yeah. built up really well but the villains are always so disappointing they really are except for mysterio so, yeah well that's the thing i feel like a spider-man and it may be because of his rogues gallery like he just has some of the best classic villains but the spider-man but, villains have all worked so well the best villains are the ones that like are
1: at that a chance in the fight
0: yeah they're proper foils. it doesn't have to
1: be a physical fight it can be like this mental chess match which is what mysterio presented in that one and this one, it just felt like I don't know, it didn't feel as matched up. like I, th- I think you, like you said, it kind of felt like Iron Man Three with the Mandarin, where um, not necessarily the deviation of the comic book lore, but more of the way of like it's just not a threat.
0: they're the perfect villains are perfect foils for their heroes.
1: And I yeah. feel like
0: we don't we don't get that often with Marvel. We do with the Spider Man stuff because like like go back to Home and I'll use Spider Man just because I feel like it's the easiest kind of example. He's to the kind best, of He's the best superhero. <laughs> um, no, but like Homecoming, right? Here's Spider Man. He's a newbie to the hero game. He wants to prove himself to the big, you know, to the big guys. Um, he's taking on Vulture, who is representative almost the antithesis of that. Vulture also wants to make sure that he's like competing at a big league but his version of that is to up his arms game right and so like they're both kind of on the same level playing field but they're working towards different agendas right so they're perfect foils for each other uh, they're they're both kind of on on the same kind of mid-tier basis within this world then you in uh in far from home with mysterio you get a spider-man that's not very confident he's got his uh He's got his faith shaken in himself. He doesn't know if he's gonna be able to, to live up to the to Stark's legacy. Uh, and then you have Mysterio, who's like overtly confident, very cocky, very like very full of himself, and very fake. Uh, so they they kind of act really well as foils. Whereas over here with Black Widow, I feel like if they would have brought comic accurate Taskmaster to the screen, regardless of whether it's a woman or a guy, I, I like they could gender bend it. I don't care. But keep that backstory because it's a perfect foil for Natasha. You have in Taskmaster, who's like this guy that's totally in control of everything, um, who's this like perfect hero surrounding, oh, not hero, sorry, a villain, but like basically pitting Black Widow in a corner who's on the run. It's like the worst time to kind of catch her, right? Because normally Black Widow that's normally confident is one that's, uh, what you call it, she's like matched up with the Avengers and over here she isn't so I feel like they just didn't quite get that right and it sucks because I feel like they had the proper elements to make it uh, to make it work and they just kind of dropped the ball there yeah I that's really well said I
1: totally agree with it Um, I will say though that the at least the they brought it with the action scenes like we, we joked about it before, but there were so many moments where it's like the Black Widow of old wouldn't have survived that fight. <laughs> uh, so it was cool to see her, you know, fighting on debris, falling out of the sky or uh, on a motorcycle chase throughout the, the city and then having to use her smarts to get away. So I, at least they brought it there, like in those moments, and they actually made them uh, difficult for her.
0: Yeah, visually it was great thought they did an amazing job with the choreography and all um i think my sister-in-law at one point during the movie she's like damn she's like how is it that a cliff jump killed her but she's like survived the ultimate falls in this movie and she's still fine (laughs) (laughs) which yeah like yeah
1: that that is a good point um let's get into some of those scenes though do you have like any favorite scenes that stuck out to you
0: um, I think for me, the best scenes of the movie are the those character moments between uh, natasha and and Yelena, because mm. from the Budapest scenes in, in the lot all the way to um, them like getting a little bit more acquainted with the family later on with Alexia and Melina. <laughs> I feel like they had such a good chemistry and the great yeah. dynamic there. They
1: were really good, like, yeah, honestly, all those scenes with them when they're like just sharing the beer after they're running with taskmaster that was really really good and then followed up into the car and then yeah like with with Alexia and Molina later on it was really great to see
0: Alexia and Molina were like the perfect comic relief for this for this movie <laughs> was, they were so funny it worked <laughs> it worked and um, yeah i never thought I'd see Red Guardian on the screen <laughs> um, out of all the characters to kind of pull from the black widow lore i was like red guardian we're we're going that way um there 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 was a lot that i feel like um really worked with that in particular david harbour is such a good actor which is another
1: deviation though right from the comics like red guardian was supposed to be her husband
0: uh melina's husband black or black widows yes yeah um they take a lot of liberties with that though like Technically speaking half of the characters that get introduced in this movie are supposed to be mutants. Red Guardian being one of them. Oh really? Yeah. So he like he doesn't have the super soldier serum. He's just he's a mutant. Um and he's actually a member of I guess like a Russian version of the Avengers which you get little easter eggs of throughout the the movie like the big the big uh, burly guy that challenges him to a Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, yeah, he ends up breaking his arm. He calls him Ursa. That's like uh, there's a character called Ursa Major, who whose mutant powers is he can he's this big brawling guy who can turn into a bear. <laughs> um, mm. that the little theme song that uh, gets played when he um for I think his, his action figure when he yeah. receives that package, uh, that's also a kind of call out to like an old classic X Men's episode where he shows up uh but yeah he, he like there's there's a lot that kind of go in there then melina also they kind of bent her a little bit too because she's a villain in the comics i think she's the one that controls the red room uh, in the comic books
1: yeah which Tra- it kind of felt like they might have gone that direction here and i enjoy that they used that as part of their twisting the story um just as far as like trying to make it into a spy thriller, like figuring out who really is behind all of it. So for that reason, I loved the like the hologram face from reveal in the Red Room where we find out that ScarJo and Melina have swapped places. I thought that was the best part. And then she wasn't just like antagonizing Drake off. She was actually trying to have him break his nose. And then when she slammed her own head on the desk, I was like, Oof, this this part's got me.
0: Yeah, I feel like that... I I really enjoyed those scenes because it's kind of like a callback to Winter Soldier where she pulled the same kind of trick right. to the World Council. Uh, but it's classic like Black Widow. It just kind of defines it. And I do have to say, they kind of had me when, um, when Dreykov was, was uh, like relentlessly punching her. In that scene, I thought, oh, damn, they really put her in a corner. And then when they flipped the switch on him, I was like, oh they got me i i honestly didn't think this was good the way that they were going to pan it out so yeah i didn't see i didn't see it happening that way
1: at all so that was really cool to watch her outsmart him
0: and it definitely speaks to like consistency in in her character too because she, she is always like one or two steps ahead of everybody else um starting off when like she tricks loki into revealing his plan with the hulk back in the avengers movie so yeah and the funny thing too is
1: like it's already after revealing that it doing a big reveal like taking off the hologram face you should be like oh there's a bigger planet at foot here but then i continue to get sucked down the hole of being like wait no she's losing this like it's not going according to plan and then it reaffirms that they are have thought of everything
0: yeah and the one thing that kind of took me a little bit of back is like the to to backtrack a little bit in that cabin scene when after she has like a heart to heart with Melina and then Melina's like, it's too late, I already informed the Red Room, they're on their way. The first time I i watched it, I was like, wait, why didn't she get a bigger reaction out of that? You know, and then like a little bit after, I'm like, oh okay, like they kind of came up with this whole plan immediately after that scene. Right. Uh but for for a couple minutes I was like oh damn Melina really did backstab them. Well yeah uh, you're led to believe that
1: until the face reveal then you're like oh okay pieces are starting to fall together now yeah
0: i did like that they kept around um alexi for the for the final fight there too because the one thing like throughout the movie i was like i hope he gets his moment to shine in a fight somewhere (laughs) and he stole the shield as if he was stealing captain america's shield (laughs) from his story that was so perfect i love his little like bs stories when he's like i think it is ursa right that questions him where he's like what yes, year was this he's like oh it was like the 80s i think 83
1: or something like that yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he's like captain america was still on ice
1: and then uh, just snapped his wrist i love the story about uh <laughs> when he was trying to cheer up yelena and he was like telling the ice fishing story Oh, <laughs> how does this relate at all you know it's a father story <laughs> <laughs> He was just so funny in this movie. That that was
0: one thing that really made it for me. I did kind of fear that they were about to kill him off when he came face-to-face with Taskmaster. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't also, because I, I really did enjoy his character. I hope he comes back as a supporting role somewhere. Um, It's hard to kind of see where they're going to fit him, but I, I do feel like it'd be nice to kind of see them again. Well, yeah, let's kind of focus on what
1: comes next, unless there's any last scenes that you want to talk about before we move on to the end
0: credits scene. Uh, no, the only thing I'll say is, like, I was very satisfied with Trey Copp's death in this, in this movie. I will say that that's the one did he thing die? That We he, didn't see the body. His glasses survived, so... Yeah, did he die?
1: I don't know. Maybe Black Widow 2? Yeah. <laughs>
0: If you look closely, Dracov actually rolled into an escape pod right before the fire struck him, so he's technically not dead.
1: Yeah, but it is satisfying that, like, Yelena was the one to do it, like, kind of finish the job for Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, 100%. But, okay, let's move on to the end credit scene, which has some lasting impacts on what's going to come next in the MCU. So essentially, we see um, Valentina, the character from uh, Winter Soldier or Falcon and Winter Soldier, who recruited John Walker for something, or is going to use him for something later on in the future. She visits Yelena, who was confirmed to have been snapped away, and then is now visiting Black Widow's gravesite uh, and is having just a you know intimate moment alone just reflecting on life and then Val shows up and says like, do you want revenge on the person responsible for your sister's death and shows a photo of Hawkeye
0: complete with his little Mohawk get up and all. It's 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 up to date photo. It's a (laughs) LinkedIn photo. It is. Um, (laughs) I, I, so were you into this ending trying to figure out like what the, um, what the end goal is here with her character
1: yeah it feels like something i don't really care to follow but they're gonna pursue it
0: pretty often and then it seems like it's gonna be something very big i didn't care to follow like i kind of know where they're going with like what she's trying to do i just don't know what you know like she seems like a big um actress to just play a minimalist role you know what i mean like i it's yeah, kind of like another
1: it's another Nick Fury type of role. Yeah. going to be used a lot. She seems to be like the
0: the uh, anti-Nick Fury.
1: I was going to say, she's like building the anti-Avengers. Like, she's going to use Yelena as Black Widow. She has John Walker as Captain America. She's kind of just building the exact same crew, but just opposite.
0: I think they're, they definitely are steering towards the Thunderbolts. Uh, only because the inclusion of General Ross and him looking sickly. In this movie kind of confirms my suspicion of like i think they're taking him in the direction of red hulk um only because he only becomes red hulk to save himself from a disease in the comics uh and not iconically but like visually one of the big detail pieces in the in the books was like he had this red cane that he was carrying around um visual hint of red hulk uh, <laughs> And they like if you if you do look at his um, intro scene in this movie, he is uh, carrying around that red cane. So oh, I didn't notice that. So they're definitely building up the Thunderbolts. Uh, I want. I I was like, all right, is it going to be Thunderbolts? Is it going to be Dark Avengers? Which one is it going to be? And I I think you're right. Like they are building up a anti-avengers team, so Thunderbolts will probably be the more. Uh, the one that makes the most sense what i hope doesn't happen is they take a full-on suicide squad vibe Mm. for marvel only because i feel like it's been done to death at this point Um, i hope they take it a a little more dark avengers route here i what would that entail like villain wise are they the villain yeah no so the the dark avengers uh route of this would be Literally, just like the the anti avengers when it comes to like wh- how they operate, but for the public, they're viewed as the replacements of the Avengers, so it's basically the government coming in and saying, like, Hey, here are your new heroes, this is your new team that you're gonna rely on um and what ends up happening in that story is that the real Avengers need to reassemble basically to kind of take back that spot because publicly it's not going so well for the for the dark Avengers they're like committing crimes and stuff publicly. <laughs> Um, so, and the reason why I say that is because Thunderbolts, to me, in the comics, always felt like a Suicide Squad, like, forcing you to work for the government kind of thing, with, complete, with the chip implanted in your head to kind of blow you up if you disobey. So it just kind of seemed like a direct copy from what DC's trying to do. Which would not be a great way to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not, but I mean, like, we'll see what this new Suicide Squad does. I mean, James Gunn's doing it, so... I'll see, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Coming soon, my one-man review of Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just have zero interest in that movie.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I People were going crazy over this in Twitter, where it's like the conversation that Yelena and Hawkeye are going to have is going to be so heartbreaking. And it's like, I really hope they don't get to that point in the movie that that, that comes up in, because that would be just... Boringly predictable.
0: I feel like they'll probably... It's a, it's
1: a Martha moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm more so interested in her getting to interact with Haley Steinfeld's character because this this is clearly a setup for the Hawkeye show that'll be coming out before the Can end of the year. you say Young Avengers one more time? No, no, not the Hawkeye show. Um, the Disney Plus Hawkeye Isn't series. Is she a Young Avenger? She is, but... <laughs> But no, I I like what if what I mean is like there we're talking about two characters that will be taking on mantles of Avengers that are essentially at this point like hanging up their um or retiring I guess in Hawkeye's in Hawkeye's case. Um no, but like it'll be interesting to finally see what the dynamic of the new Hawkeye and the new Black Widow would be. Uh, Cuz clearly that's where is headed. I don't think they're going to save this for a movie. I think this is literally just a build up for the Hawkeye show.
1: Mm. So I have to watch that.
0: It's good, I promise you. The, the you Kate Bishop ca- the Kate Bishop character is like one of the best for the comics and given all the like set images and stuff of them like sticking visually as close to the comic as possible, I'm definitely interested in the show. All right. Well, another one man review. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you haven't seen the single
1: chase of this and you're just writing it off. I, just, I know. That's how good I am at this
0: i pro I have I have my hopes for for the hawkeye show um uh but yeah like I I think that's where they're going to follow this up the, the thunderbolts are probably coming um who knows who else is going to be on the roster cuz I feel like they have their captain america they'll have their hulk they have their black widow I guess they need an iron man right spider-man I you, I hope they bring back justin hammer for that Oh my gosh that would be so good if they bring him back, I'm 100% on board with this idea. Is it my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> they did bring up, uh, what's his name, Crimson Dynamo in this movie. That was kind of like a Easter egg. Uh, so maybe that's the route they're going to take with it. Perhaps. All right, well, last thing before
1: we get out of here. So I put this right in the middle of the pack for me, around like 13 or 14 of the 24 movies. Do you have like a area where you're putting this? Did it crack your top
0: 10, your bottom 10? It definitely did crack my bottom 10. (laughs) Yeah, It's definitely not like a very low-tier movie. I'm having a difficult time seeing where I could put this because I I do think it's a mid-tier movie. For me, I think it'll probably find around a 16th or 17th place spot. Yeah, it's barely bottom 10, though. Yeah, but I feel like it's hard to... Like if you tell me what the worst movies in the MCU are, it's gonna be easy for me to tell you that. Whereas I feel like that top twenty <laughs> is gonna be hard to sort out because there's, you know, there are only like little varying degrees of uh, difference in terms of quality between them because it gets harder to rank them.
1: Yeah, it definitely there is a drop off, but only for like five or four movies towards the bottom. The rest are kind of like. We're talking 1% or 2% better than each other. It's very difficult to give a definitive ranking.
0: Before we sign off on this, though, because we're on the subject, can you give me your top five as of today? Top five?
1: Yeah. Uh, Far From Home, number one. Iron Man 2. Black Panther, three. Ragnarok, four. And then I have the first Avengers as five.
0: Interesting. Okay. So I kind of... So in reverse order, my number five is Black Panther. My number four is the first Iron Man. My number three is Thor Ragnarok. My number two will have to be um, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah. (laughs) And my number one would be Far From Home. Yeah. I've I've moved Winter Soldier
1: up into eight, which is saying a lot, because... I used to have it at, like, 18. (laughs) But you gave me more of an appreciation for it, so I I won't knock your top five there at all.
0: It's really good, especially, like, it takes on this, like, spy political thriller kind of vibe, so it's always worked for me.
1: Yeah, it is is really, really good. But that's the thing, is, like, all these new movies are really difficult to crack into, like, the top ten. And then it's just, like, they all kind of, like, blend together for different reasons, like, one has better action, but the other one has better plot or less deviation from co- from the comics. Like it's really difficult just to say like which one's better than the other because of those small reasons.
0: Well, let me throw a curveball real quick, um, not to kind of like extend this conversation too much, but um, if we were to count each one of the Disney Plus shows as one movie, would that change the uh, makeup of your top five at all? I don't think so. I think it'd come close for me, depending on how Loki, I guess, ends up. But Yeah, uh, I definitely want to see the
1: end of Loki, but I don't know. I just feel like those give me a better appreciation for characters. I don't know if I can really mentally separate it from the movies. It's just three times as long. It'd be like saying, like, well, let me look at all the Thors combined or all the iron man's and all the captain america's combined and then i'll give you they're in the top five or something like that you know
0: yeah i guess it's the equivalent also saying like the book is better than the movie kind of thing well like it's, <laughs> of course because the book has more time to you know to weave the intricacies of a story
1: yeah so i'm sure when more shows come out we're going to be able to be to like, rank those but it feels a little unfair to be like you get so much more character development out of Loki.
0: Oh, yeah? Well, it's three times as long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, unless you have any other thoughts, I think I think we're kind of wrapped up for, for the movie.
1: I think that's it. I mean, we obviously missed a lot because you can only cover so many things. So if there's any specific scenes that you thought really stuck out or um, plot points that didn't execute or anything like that, Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at BT4thWall, 4 being 4TH. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.